Morning and welcome to Dateline New Haven on WNHHFM. I'm Paul Bass inviting you to look behind the headlines and the stories that make us tick. We're going back to the future today. We have a young man here who just, we're going to look back on the last few months when he's been the center of politics in New Haven and Hamden. Field director for the mayoral campaign of Liam Brennan in New Haven, a first term legislative council member in Hamden, and going to the future to think what this means next for him and for politics in our local community. Name is Abdul Osmano. He's only 21 years old, and he's already making an impact on politics in New Haven, Hamden. Good morning, Abdul, and thanks so much for returning. Yeah, no, I, thanks, uh-huh. thanks so much for having me. Um, it's awesome to really be back here. Um, I remember being here like two years ago, um, alongside um, you know my now uh, soon to be departing council uh, member uh, Justin Farmer. Um, as well as Miriam Khan when we made up the jam slate. So it's uh, it's lovely to be back. And jam was uh, it was Democratic Socialist. But what did jam mean? Justin Abdul, Abdul Miriam. All right. Miriam's construction. So you know you fit, you just finished school. You told me Southern Connecticut State University, but you've had this real life education in local politics. And first, I, I want to talk to you about being field director for and really the most visible staffer for Liam Brennan, who ran a primary challenge for the Democratic mayoral nomination to incumbent Justin Elliker. On the one hand, you guys really accomplished a lot. It was a busy field, and you were the only ones who made it on the ballot in this very difficult process to petition on the ballot. You were the only kind of visible, you know, people had a lot more money. You were the visible candidate, candidacy, that got a lot of attention, a lot of signs up in town. But in the end, you didn't get tons of votes. It was low turnout. You had only 30% of that. He beats you 70-30. So what was that experience like? What did you learn from it? How do you look back on it now? Uh, heading into that, like I had a faint understanding of, you know, New Haven, uh, living in proximity, then also having like lived two years of my life actually in New Haven, uh, when I was younger, um, and understanding like New Haven a little bit. Um, but I'm coming away with, you know, a much better understanding of like the city as a whole. Um, then also just, you know, ideas of like what really is possible. Um, and you know, the real need to continue pushing that. Did you think it was possible when you came on the camp on the on the campaign that Liam Brennan could defeat an incumbent when there was no huge scandal in town and that kind of thing? Um, I think that coming into it, we knew it was an uphill battle. Uh-huh. Uh, if you asked anybody that was not on the campaign in February, they probably would have told you that they didn't expect us to make it all the way to September. Yeah. Um, especially in like a field that was that crowded, uh, where I remember it really being early on, where folks were like, oh, this is like a nice campaign with really great ideas, but you're only going to like finish third or fourth. Um, so I think coming into it, there's like a little bit of a feeling of being like an underdog, uh, which like I have no problems with because there's been, you know, many areas, um, in my experience where like I felt like an underdog of sorts. Um, and you know, all it really leaves to that is just, you know, continuing to grind and put that work in, um, and continue proving people wrong, um, which is really always fun. That's fun. So you you proved them wrong about how you're going to emerge as the second candidate. You know, a lot of times when people run work in politics mostly out of idealism as opposed to a quest for personal power or the kind of like trading to get more influence. There's often that kind of hangover day after election day when the polls come in and even though you kind of knew intellectually you might get slammed. When you look at the stark numbers, at least I've known that in the past, it's kind of cold water across your face of idealism maybe. Did it feel that way when you lost 70 to 30? I think that um, when we lost 70 to 30, um, 
wasn't necessarily the margins that we thought it would be. Um, but I think that's where uh, one of the first questions I actually asked Liam um, when I met with him right before joining the campaign uh, is that second to winning, uh, what do you want this campaign to be about? Because, uh, you know, the number one prime goal of any campaign is to win. Um, but second to that, like, what do you want your impact or, you know, so to speak, legacy to be? Um, in terms of this campaign, um, and he told me straight up, it's pushing the issues um, that really matter to him, um, the issues that he's you know been pushing for for years. Um, so you know, looking at those you know results and margins uh, is a little bit of a uh, kind of just like you know having that like hit you in the face um, and kind of like learning how to like understand and like deal with that um, is quite a bit. Um, but you know, looking back on it, um, we ran the campaign that really we really did want to run, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there's there's much more to really be analyzed uh, weeks and weeks out because it's still kind of really fresh. Um, but there's not really a whole lot to really be ashamed of. Uh, oh, we no, ran the campaign that we really wanted. To there's run, nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. I mean, when I looked at it as a reporter, I was very impressed. I mean, it never got nasty. I mean, there's another candidate who's desperate because he doesn't get attention. He's picking on drug addicts, yeah, right? You didn't do anything like that. He's making wild accusations of corruption. You know, it's like you didn't do any of that. It was never ad hominem. It was really issues focused, and it was smart. I yeah. mean, we were surprised at how many issues stories Tom Breen and Laura and Nora did that were really interesting. You know, you talked about do you cover up these wide streets to create more room for affordable housing? Do you how do we reform our zoning code? What kind of, how much can we push the limit of not arresting certain people and have public support for that to rethink how we do policing? And those are good issues. Yeah, and, and those are the issues that people really need to hear and be exposed to because those conversations... And I remember thinking honest. when I started reading those articles in The Independent, I was thinking, this is why we want campaigns. Yeah. And when you run a campaign, you know, there are people who get elected to major offices who lose by big margins but run respectable campaigns and then they get backed in it. Yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, no, Absolutely. But, but, I mean, there is that cold water. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy cow, 7030, like, we're running around here. And we were so right. <laughs> what else did you learn about New Haven? You said you saw New Haven New Way um, next I th- specifically. Uh, I think just, like, the intricacies of, like, different neighborhoods. Um, where Give me like, some examples. Like, it, it's weird. If you asked me what the difference between Dixwell and New Hallville was, um, before like I hopped on this campaign, like I might be able to give you like a quick little rundown, but like now I could just like talk to you about like just like oh yeah, this is like the vibe of like. Well, Dix- tell me that because I have this like stuck being an old guy. My thing always was Dixwell was rental, the yeah. oldest black neighborhood rental. North Hillville became a majority black neighborhood much yeah. later. It was a homeowner neighborhood, yeah. but then that shifted after the crack epidemic, and now it also has become a largely rental neighborhood. But no big housing development like the one and then the Dixwell's like they had at Elm Haven but then Dixwell became sort of the now the up-and-comer of the black neighborhood because of all development going on and the improvement of what was Elm Haven whereas New Hallville with this sort of section 8 landlord seems to have been sliding a bit is that the right vibe yes that is just about like the right because I'm very interested what you saw it with fresh eyes you know because we get stuck in the past all people yeah no that is you're exactly spot on like those were like some of the differences that I really saw in for example like a Dixwell um, in New Hallville um, where like a lot of times we just like clump them together but it's like no they're like completely different like neighborhoods with like different histories Um, and if you're to really come to them and you know have a conversation about the issues it's really important to really have that in mind Tell me about a day in the campaign trail that sticks out in your mind. I think that, (laughs) 
I think a day that really sticks out in the campaign trail in my mind uh, for a really specific reason um, was when we were petitioning um, to get on the ballot. To get on the ballot, um, I think it was really early on. Uh, it wasn't that much time, so it couldn't have been too early. No. Only had two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it flies by really quickly. I'm actually thankful that it flies by really quickly because there were some days that were like really brutal, um, especially when we had that like really bad heat wave uh, towards the beginning of it. Um, bad what? A uh, bad heat wave. Oh yeah, and you had uh, two weeks, right? Yeah, I've never actually gotten sunburned on my legs until then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, so. You know, like you said, like I'm I serve on legislative council um, in Hamden, and you know my duties and doing my job did not disappear with the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of I had the issue bring brought up to me of like a constituent uh, that was about to go to court with a homeowners association. Um, and possibly was that be, the is that the complex where there was like they built on some fault and then the the condos were all messed up and yeah, this the person's investment was Pine destroyed. Rock, the yeah, Pine Rock condos. Yeah. Yep, y'all did an interview. Y'all did yep. an article on that. Yeah, no, yep. Grace Flood did. Yep. So they actually uh, one of the ladies living there was actually about to be uh, they evicted. Were about to be evicted. Um, and you know, I'm like petitioning. Um, so like I have that duty, but then I also have like a so what you do? Um, I pretty much liaised. The situation um, alongside like the town um, and we were able to kind of push the court date back uh, for the eviction proceeding and is that because you were busy or because you wanted to give her more time um, we wanted to get that was the only real recourse because um, you know there's like a state bill that it's like coming through um, that's like going to be able to like give funding um, to folks that have been like affected by these issues um, and is it pushed back enough that she can get the money to stay in yeah interesting and we're talking to um, Abdul Osmanu, who just had a very interesting few months running for re-election to a second term on the Hartford, I mean, the Hamden Legislative Council. He was the field director, most visible and uh, local person working for the main Democratic primary campaign, Liam Brennan. And he's only 21, and he's here on Dateline New Haven, 103.5 M, Lost Gene, New Haven, Independent.org. So let's talk about that, pro- that petitioning process. Yeah. Okay, you know, I'm cranky about this. Obviously, the Democratic Party can set its own rules for how you get on a ballot. So it's very easy to get on a general election ballot in New Haven. You basically have to go out of your door for two minutes and get a couple of people to sign a petition. You can run for Alder. You might have to spend a day to get mayor. But they said it almost impossible to get on the primary ballot. You have to wait until the Democratic convention is over, nominating the official endorsed candidate for the party, even though you know you're not going to get that endorsement. Then the clock ticks. You have only two weeks to get 1,600, is it? Valid signatures yep. of Democratic voters. And because you can do it as best as you can, honestly, and still make lots of mistakes, turns out a person was, wasn't registered when they thought, their name was written wrong, you really need well over 2,000, you need like 50% margin. And in only two weeks, you know, where you guys are out there doing that, Abdul, yeah. I'm not great at math, and I just kept trying to do math in my head and trying to figure out how it was even possible, like how many hours there are in a day. So, you know, you need, let's say, 2,400, you have, four, let's say, 2,800 or 20. Uh, what's a good multiple of 14? Let's say you need 2,100 yeah. uh, signatures that are valid. At uh, 2,100 signatures, you have 14 days. That would be, what is that, a day? Like 150 a day. Mm. So if a good hour, you can get, what, 10 if you're really lucky? If you go to stop and shock like you guys did and people aren't just yelling at you? Can you get 10 in an hour? Oh, yeah. I think, like, the baseline was, like, to try to get 10 in about 10 an hour. Sometimes if you really pick So you need 15 spot, hours of work straight for 14 days and have those good hours because i did petitioning years ago when i was your age i hate, <laughs> hate to sound like that for a third party candidate for president yeah and i remember what it was like hour after hour and how much you had to work for each signature if you yeah. go to busy places 
So did you have? You must have had fifteen hours worth of labor on the ground every day for fourteen days. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, we didn't really do it alone. We had a really phenomenal team. Like, how many um, people? About like fifteen or so. A team of. 15. So they each put an hour a day, fourteen days, if they did it right. Yeah. And how did you make sure you did it right? Because other campaigns failed and had it rejected because the rules are so stacked against you that even if you have a lot of energy, like another one of those other candidates they really still get a lot rejected. So you can mm -hmm. hand in the number that's not there. How did, how did you do it so that it could work? What did you know going in and how did you succeed? Okay, before like to preface that, like we decided to not participate in like the convention. You know, we decided to you show up. You knew you weren't going to get the delegates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, should show goodwill to, you know, the process um, and, and the folks that are a part of that process because, uh, you know, we're not too good to like, you know, not. There was a kid in 2013 who went there and said how he was above the process and this is dirty and bad. I, I like how you guys did it. <laughs> yeah, we're like, you we're need not those people that. eventually. These are everyday people who work on award committees. They see it that way. You're going to need them if you win. Yeah. Um, so, you know, th that I think um, kind of gave us the ability to really focus and hone in um, ahead of time um, of the work that we were really going to put in to get on the ballot um, to petition because that's how we knew we were going to get on the ballot. Um, so we had, you know, a really good program, um, you know, with our uh, field organizer, um, so what was, did you specifically do? What was your role in all that? Um, my role uh, was to make sure that we had, you know, volunteers like, you know, lined up. And where'd you find them? Um, most of these people were already plugged in and connected to the campaign and supporters. It was just like the ask and push. It's like, hey, like, this is do or die. Like, yeah. <laughs> help us get on the ballot. Um, but yeah, just making sure that everyone was like really like well trained. And they had to make sure they were voters in New Haven, yep, right? Yep, that they were voters in New Haven. And what about the middle initial thing? Is it true you need, if they use the middle initial on the voting list, do they have to use the middle initial when they sign it? I don't actually. But you have to make sure the, the signature can be read. Yes, you just, number one thing is you have to make sure like the signature is legible. And the one thing that we just kept beating down on every single volunteer was that you are going to ask this person, hello, you know, sir, ma'am, um, whatsoever, um, are you a registered Democrat in New Haven? I like in fact I had said that the, that phrase so much that by the end of petitioning like I would accidentally say that um to people um, were, you, were you ever in your sleep did you have any dreams you say excuse me you're a registered democrat and there's this thing blob that comes out of the ocean and they say no probably <laughs> <laughs> um and it's just like yeah that's like we just drilling that down it's like you were going to ask that um and for whatever folks you might lose um because that's like a super personal question um, it ensures like the validity of your signatures are going to and it still right. doesn't ensure because people could be confused there are a lot yeah. of people we found out now through dmv registered they didn't even oh, yeah. realize they weren't putting the party yeah what was your goal of how many you were going to get i think that our goal was probably somewhere around like three thousand like our perfect perfect goal was like yeah. three thousand and what'd um, you get we got about like two thousand six hundred. Oh, that's a good number how many were rejected? You don't know, right? Um, yeah, I'm not sure how many were rejected. Um, but and so what else in that process? Did you, did you double check it by voter list or was that too time tedious if you could get 10 an hour? It was too time tedious um, and we really put work and faith into making sure that like the, you know, margin for error of the uh, signatures that we collected was, you know, as low as possible. So the first barrier, the first barrier you crossed the margin of error was to ask them of the registered voter understanding that it was worth losing some of those who might make an honest mistake yeah. rather than have all the time built in like, to check it. Yeah, like, are you a registered Democrat in New Haven? Like, yes, there are some people that I do, like, clearly remember that sign, and they accidentally were like, oh, I'm from Woodbridge, and it'd be like, just, like, eye roll, because, like I said, New Haven, like, five <laughs> times. Uh, and did, where, how'd you decide where to deploy people? 
Um, so there are people that, you know, we allowed to just independently do their things in their neighborhood because, like, they understand, you know. And it's a good way to get your message out about the campaign, by the way. Yes. Oh, my God. Absolutely perfect. Um, I, I think that, you know, towards when, like, the numbers were really trending um, in a really great direction as for our petitions, I really started to think about it as that. Uh, and, like, maybe take a little bit more time uh, to actually, like, you know, talk to folks. Um, when and how do you get 10 an hour? You can't do that knocking on doors, right? Because no. the people don't answer 10 doors an hour. So we had some people um, that, you know, decided uh, and, like, knew their neighborhood well enough that, you know, were able to canvas it um, with great success. Um, but you really just have to find people where they are. So besides Stop and Shop, where'd you go? Um, we were around, like, Orange Street. Like, uh, like where? Like, you know, around, like, Mika's, like, uh-huh. around, around, like, going up and down, like, Orange Street, um, you know, State Street, um, around, like, the East Rocky side of State Street on, like, a good night, um, you know, there's really good foot traffic, um, but then we also had to learn about places that, you know. Like, where'd you learn was a dud you thought would be good? Um, downtown. That's interesting. Tell me about that. People, not enough people from here. Yeah. There's just like the, the percentage of people that you will encounter downtown. Um, Who are that, eligible. That are eligible is like lower than you would actually think. And where were the best places? Nika's? Nika's. Where uh, on state? Like right where Gather is? Yeah, around like Gather. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the real <laughs> money maker was Stop and Shop in like uh, Walmart. Yeah. Oh, so you went out to Route 80 and you went to both Stop and yep. Shops? How about... um? c-town are there too many undocumented people so they're not registered um no actually we didn't go to c-town but we went to um the key foods Mm -hmm. Um, oh that's that's what that is now yeah yeah. um how was that no it actually worked pretty well um that was more towards like the end um where like uh we were just like running through like places well what happened the first day either when you were I, i assume you also signed up some people uh, on the first day? No, in general. Were you petitioning too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So both as the person in charge of the petitioners yeah, and as the person also one of the people going out, what happened at the beginning? Did it go as you planned? Did you have to pivot? Did something happen that surprised you? We you pivoted to, away from downtown. We had to pivot. Um, so what was the pivot? Uh, I think it was partially downtown. Um, I am blanking on what else, but I do know that our first day was not the most impressive day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of just the act of having to make up for that in like the following days, um, to get, make sure that we were back on pace, um, for, you know, making the number. Abdul Osmanu, field director for the Liam Brennan for mayor campaign, the democratic primary and running for second term legislative council in Hamden. So the results came in and here's the part that surprised me and maybe shouldn't have. Mm. You guys lost 30 words, which actually didn't surprise me. I thought you had a shot in 25. Mm-hmm. You did a lot less in 26 than I was expecting in Upper yeah. Westville, and I think that's because their ward, one of the ward co-chairs is the one who gets out the vote for Ella Kern. She's pretty dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but 18 in Morse Cove. <laughs> so now here's the neighborhood that is the most MAGA in New Haven. Yeah, It's the most conservative, the most against the main planks in the Liam Brennan campaign. You guys wanted to rethink policing for a lot fewer arrests. You wanted to build more densely rather than NIMBY. And this is a, a, a neighborhood that, like you guys are on the far, very much left of the Democratic Party. This is on the center of the Republican Party, even the Democrats there, mm-hmm. with, with some definite exceptions. Yeah. How, did, how did that be the one na- ward where you came with like double digits almost the winning? 
first of all i actually love you short um uh I, I think that was like one of my places their favorite places to really be around um during the campaign um i think one of my takeaways is that it's not as conservative as some people would like think it is mm -hmm. um but even besides that um i think that's where you know the theory of you know presenting yourself as you know honest of a candidate um and understanding that you know getting people to vote for you isn't like you know asking them to you know be your life partner mm -hmm. um and you know really speaking to the issues that like matter to them most um and really you know taking time to hear from them and understand those issues well Levin Brennan is white yeah Shafiq Abdul-Sabur another candidate who didn't quite make it is black yeah. he tried to get the East Shore vote by coming out full-fledged against expansion of the airport by coming out against the way the city got rid of the Christopher Columbus statue, because Italian Americans who are very conservative, some of them still live in the East Shore, some of them move to the suburbs, very much against the removal of that statue, by, which was supported by civil rights activists mm -hmm. and black activists. And he came out and embraced their issue, and he wanted to cut their taxes because they live near an airport, which means people in other neighborhoods have to pay more. But he didn't get the support. So how did you guys get the support? We just brought like our honest, unabashed platform. Um, you know, where folks might not have vibed with like cr our criminal justice stuff. Um, but you know, some of the Which ideas, part did they? Um, education. What was it? Um, what was your education they agreed with? I think one of the things that they really agreed with on education um, was the fact that like, cool, we have, you know, 80 or so vacancies. Um, we need to make sure that we're really establishing like a long-term strategic goal of where we want to go. Um, whether we're talking about like class sizes, teacher pay, uh, and you know a multitude of other issues around there. Um, another thing that I think that they uh, were kind of sympathetic because you know like you had other candidates that like came really hard against um, the airport, um, where you know I believe that you know our campaign stance was like cool. We want an environmental impact statement. Um, and now the, here's the cynical view. Yeah, they just wanted to punish Elliker because he was this liberal who also who took down the statue. Yeah. And, okay, you did too, but didn't get back at him. But also, when you're in office, you look at the airport differently. Mm. So his point was they've done the environmental impact sta statements already, so that's a fake issue. You're just trying to punt mm -hmm. so you can get the votes of people who are mad at him for having to make decisions. Mm -hmm. Is he right about that? I think that, you know, I would have, if you asked me how I felt about that, I probably would have felt the same way um, about, you know, similar to what he said um, <laughs> months and months ago. I, I thought you guys punted because it wasn't a big issue for you, so I lose the votes. Yeah, no, I think And that, there are legitimate environmental concerns, for sure. No, there's actual legitimate yeah. environmental concerns, and it's one thing to, like, hear about it, but, like, to actually be there and... Hear like, the noise. Yes, the hear the noise. Like, I'm, like, canvassing and talking to someone, um, and just, like, you know, uh, an airplane engine just, like, revs up. You know, I, I, I feel, you know, the force of it. Um, but how about the argument that you move near an airport? I, I understand that, um, but I, I think that's not really the question. It's about the expansion and, like, the actual long-term, like, environmental impacts yeah. of that. Because if you've breathed, like, had the chance to breathe in those fumes uh, while those planes are idling, you will be nauseous and sick. Mm. And to think of, you know, what the long-term impacts of that, I don't think that, you know, saying that you decided to live uh, near an airport really suffices and actually comes from, like, a genuine, like, human place of care for other people. That's fair. Fair enough. And then how about on defund the police? So Liam and a lot of people joined to the campaign mm -hmm. really want to rethink police. And Elika yeah. said, we did the we did a, um, a, a an outreach team that's taking some calls. The long-term goal there is only 10,000 out of yeah. more than 100,000 a year, but it's a start. Yeah. You guys wanted to think more 
about like Liam had a really interesting moment at the candidate debate where he said, how many people here have know someone, your family or friends who have been in trouble with drugs, would it help them to be in prison and nobody raises their hands? So he's saying, you know, arrest fewer people. But it's it's a loser in a lot of neighborhoods as an issue because the way it's been defined. How did you navigate that? I think that, you know, part of it is, and it's one of the things I admire about Liam so much. Um, it's, you know, if he, there's an issue that he is passionate about, he will put himself out there on that issue. Um, and if he has to, you know, go through the process of like uh, tirelessly explaining himself on, you know, why he believes that he'll do it uh, and he's not necessarily afraid of you know the blowback that may come because okay of that. i realize time's going a little faster than i thought abdul you've been you're only 21 years old you've already served a, a, a term on the head hamden legislative council which is a city councilor yeah you came in with a team of people from democratic Socialists of america yeah you want to bring progressive change how did it work out and why are you running for a second term I think that um, it worked out pretty well. I think a lot of the um, ideas and projects that we really had, um, whether regarding to, you know, like police record retention, um, like the remediation of, you know, crumbling foundations. Um, Where in was Southern that? Hampton. Tell me about that. Um, so this is actually a, it's, it's not only like the Pine Rock condos in my district, it's actually more prevalently, um, in the New Hallville community in Justin's, uh, district, mm -hmm. um, where you have, you know, homes, um, you know, that are sitting on brownfields, um, they have, you know, structural foundation issues, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's the need to actually, you know, help those folks. You and know. what happened? What help were you able to get? Um, so we were able to put $3.5 um, million as a start um, for our ARPA. Town money. Yep. ARPA, ARPA yep. money um, to really, you know, remediate that. Uh, That's great. And also, you know, begin to get like a better idea of like the actual scope. Um, mm -hmm. This 3.5 probably is not going to be anywhere near um, what's needed mm -hmm. um, to, you know, do uh, justice to the people of New Hallville as well as, you know, uh, the Pine Rock Condo area. And what do you do with police record retention? Um, so we had that interesting thing where, uh, like, we had, like... The records our, disappeared yeah, records about disappeared, complaints. destroying, kind of just, like, putting, like, guardrails <laughs> around that. Where it's like, cool, let's just make sure this doesn't So what did you again. do? Um, I think we tightened up the uh, accountability around that, um, mm -hmm. as well as the schedule uh, in which, like, you know, records are allowed to be uh, destroyed. So you have to retain longer? Yeah. And then what other issues did you feel you made progress on specifically so, education tenants zoning yes yeah, so the housing ordinance um where we were able to pass you know our version of it because uh, you know new haven has their version of it um but in ours we actually allow tenants to like collectively um complain um to yeah. what your fair rent commission yeah to our fair rent commission um and yeah that kind of served as the basis to like revitalize our fair rent commission give it a little bit more teeth um and make sure that you know we give uh, tenants the opportunity to really have their concerns. Are these your biggest, and that's a lot, you feel takeaways that you feel accomplished stuff your first term? I, yeah, I think my most favorite accomplishment was, um, so there's like a, I got like a in money put towards like an infrastructure project in my district. Um, it's an area that has been like dealing with flooding for like years and years, I believe, like actually decades. Um, it ruins the streets. Um, from what I've heard from other constituents, um, it actually has been known to sometimes create flooding so bad that like cars actually get dragged across wow. the street which, which area is that uh beaver street mm -hmm. um, and what did you get what kind of money and how much so um i'm blanking on how much it was just under like a million dollars um we're going to be redoing some of the drainage work there uh, we repaved the street um but one of the things that you know i had really in mind was like cool we're not just going to repave the street because if it continues flooding it's actually going to deteriorate the street and we're going to be back here um trying to save this home you know uh you know solve the same problem 
Um, mm-hmm. So we got, you know, capital funds towards, you know, uh, fixing drainage. Um, and then, you know, we're able to repave the street. And that's actually going to probably be going into some more um, drainage work. That actually, And that's like, town capital money? Yeah. Did you ever think, so you go to conferences on Democratic Socialism, remember Democratic Social America. Yeah. Does this, do these issues fit into how you envision socialism? What do you think Democratic Socialism is and how does it fit into, yeah. like, flooding issues, tenant organizing, police accountability, and crumbling foundations. Yeah, uh, I think that it really does fold into, you know, democratic socialism as an idea. Um, Because this, when we're doing this work, this hasn't really been us alone. Um, Like, for example, that uh, drainage work that I was talking about was really done in concert with, like, other constituents in the area that actually had the idea of themselves um, canvassing Mm -hmm. the neighborhood um, and doing, you know, turnout work to, you know, show up to council um, and show them some real good people power. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, some of the other work that we're talking about is really giving people in our town um, power uh, and, you know, empowering them that, you know, like, cool, you're a part of this community. I may represent you, um, but we are better for it um, if we're empowering you and giving you the opportunity to have some sort of, you know, power and agency over your own, you know, you know, your own town that you live in and pay taxes in. I got to tell, even from your like canvassing East Shore to talking about how you've been able to get some stuff over the goal line in just one term it seems like you're pretty optimistic after two years in the weeds of like frustrating local politics and government yes i'm optimistic in fact now i'm optimistic as ever i think that um liam's campaign actually revived a little bit of optimism um so i'm actually looking forward to going into this uh second term you know full steam ahead and how who ran against you the primary um his name was delroy crawford yeah and what was the outcome um, I won by about 30 votes. That's which close. In my district is like, you know, 5%. Okay. Well, congratulations, Abdul. Well, thanks for coming on. And thanks for being in the trenches and caring about how our community works and try to make change at a young age. I hope that you can keep it up. We talked before you went on about making sure that after the crazed periods, you get some time for reflection. Yeah, so, no. Thank you to everybody that, you know, pushed me to take that time to reflect and rest. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see someone with your youth and energy feeling revved up to continue working in local politics and government so keep it up yeah thanks and we're gonna thank harry Droze as well for working the controls we're gonna take it out the afro-semitic experience performing i wish i knew how it feel to be free from the group cd a plea for peace this is paul bass inviting you to fly free with us all day all night and all weekend long and for those of us who are going to watch the gates of heaven close for one more year and plea for atonement and redemption on Monday. I hope we have an easy fast and another year of life. This is 103.5 FM live streamed at newhavenindependent.org, Dateline New Haven. Dateline New Haven.